Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message reaches you wherever you are at today in whatever situation you are facing. We pray that the Lord ministers to your life. Hang on till the end, and I want to say a couple more things to you before we're done. Amen. Won't you, I know you've been standing. Would you stand again as we honor the reading of God's Word? Turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. I want to read to you out of verse 44. We've been talking about building God's way, and we know that God's building something here at Landmark Church. We've been in a culture of revival, and it's continuing, And um, but we also just believe that God's doing things for the future, and next week we're going to talk about Easter and, and heading that direction. Um, this is in the, the Christian calendar, a time called Lent, and a time as we prepare our hearts for Easter. We're excited about that. we got some announcements we'll make soon about so we're going to have several services for Easter. and want you to invite people. Obviously, we're getting full just normally, so we're actually going to be adding a couple services for Easter, and it's going to be in a powerful weekend. Um, but I want to just talk to you today. I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to bring just one message today out of this topic, a seeking generation, a seeking generation. Matthew 13, verse 44. You ready to hear the word of the Lord? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Father, thank you for your word today, that your word comes to challenge us and convict us, and your word comes to direct us, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So, Father, right now, as we hear what the Spirit is saying to us, give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see, and give us holy boldness and courage to live out the life you are calling us to live. Thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Turn around, shake, shake somebody's hand, high five them, tell them you're glad to see them. Amen. Before I start this morning, um, I meant to say this earlier, but um, I want to thank One Voice for leading us into God's presence today. They did an amazing job. Would you give them a hand? 1969, my parents, my dad from Stratford, Oklahoma, my mom from Denver, Colorado, went to 10th Street in Oklahoma City to a Bible college and met and uh, ended up graduating from there and moved to Mississippi to pastor. So in 1999, 30 years later, um, I moved here to go to Southwestern Christian University. It's, it, uh, the Lord has me here, obviously, but practically, it's the reason that I'm in Oklahoma. So I'm grateful for that. Pastor Corbin graduated from that. Caitlin graduated from there. And then also Wesley has taught there as adjunct, um, taught several classes there. So we have several connections um, to Southwestern Christian University. Glad to have Ms. Julie Ely and the team. One more time, give them a hand. Thank you guys so much. Amen. In, in 1622, there was a Spanish ship that had gone from Spain to the Americas and had found all kinds of treasure. So much treasure that it took two months to load all of the gold and the things that they found up on the ship. So for two months, they load the ship and then they leave there going back to Spain. 
But while they're going back to Spain, a hurricane hits, and off the coast of what we now call the Florida Keys, the ship sinks. 1622. And it lied there on, on the bottom of the ocean floor for years and years and years. Finally, in 1969, a guy by the name of Mel Fisher had heard about this treasure, and he said, I am going to go find this treasure. He got all the stuff they had at that time, all the things he could use, all the technology, which wasn't much, and he began to crisscross that area trying to find this sunken treasure. For one year, he goes back and forth, and he finds nothing. <clears throat> Two years, finds nothing. Five years, back and forth, surely this is here. He would find some things along the way, maybe some flakes of silver or gold, knowing something was around there, but he could never find the treasure. For five years, he tries nothing. Ten years, he tries nothing. Fifteen years, he tries, and again, nothing. But finally, 16 years later, in 1985, they finally find the gold and the treasure in this sunken ship. And to this day, I believe they're still finding things, but it was untold multiple millions of dollars that they found. One ring alone was worth over $500,000. But the reason Mel Fisher found it, he died in the Florida Keys, living there, still going after this thing, is because for all those years, he never gave up, and he kept seeking, and he kept going, and he kept going after the treasure. The Bible says this, Jesus is telling these parables and he's telling several of them and he gets to these short parables and he says this, the kingdom of heaven. You want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like? Here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who finds a treasure in a field and when he finds it, he buries it. Doesn't want anybody else to find it because he doesn't own the land and he doesn't, in our context, own the mineral rights to the land. And so you know what he does? He hides it. And then he goes and he sells everything that he has and he buys the land and he buys the rights to the land and he goes back and he gets the treasure he had been looking for. And then he says the kingdom of heaven is like a man who's looking for pearls and he finds all these but all of a sudden he finds a pearl that has the greatest pearl he's ever seen is the pearl of great price. And when he does, he sells everything. Everything that he has for this pearl of great price. And our thinking is this, why in the world would you sell everything for a treasure hidden in a field? Why in the world would you sell everything for a pearl of great price? Why? Because the person understands something. What they're going for is more valuable than what they have right now. And so because of what they're going for is more valuable than what they have right now, they are willing to sell everything to give it up. And listen to me, I want you to know this, when you come to know King Jesus in the ways that I know him, when you come to know Jesus that he sets you free, you realize he is the treasure that we're going after. He is the pearl of great price and we should be willing to give up everything to go after him because what we're going after is greater than what we have right now in the moment. Amen? I believe this. I believe seeking after God is costly. It's costly. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow after me. And Diedrich Bonhoeffer said this. He said, when God bids a man, he bids him to come and die. I'd rather he bid me to come and dine. You understand? And, and part of that is true. We feast at his table, but the truth is this. He bids us to come and die. Die to self. 
die to our selfish ambitions, die to our dreams, and to live for him. And the only reason it makes sense, because in the natural it makes no sense, why am I dying to myself, man? I like myself. I want to live for all these things. I want to live for all this stuff. I want to build up all this wealth. I want to have the house. I want to have the car. I want to have the stuff. I am living for all of these things, success and all of this. That's what makes sense in our natural. But here is the reason, because we recognize what God has in store for us is so much greater than anything else. And so we are willing to leave it all behind, to go after the treasure. He is the reward, and it will cost us our life. You see, a lot of churches nowadays, we want to preach this this gospel that's real soft. We don't want to ask anybody to do anything, you know. We don't want to preach anything that is costly. Just come to Jesus, and you can go to heaven one day and, and, and sit on a cloud, which isn't even theologically correct. But anyway, you know, just come up here, and you can have this nice little life. And the truth is this, knowing Jesus is costly, but knowing Jesus is always worth it. Knowing Jesus is costly because we have to give everything to him. But it's always worth it because he's seeking us and we're seeking after him. And we're willing to lay it all down so we can run after him with everything that we've got. Amen. I also believe this about seeking the Lord. Look at Psalm 24 verse 6. I believe that seeking the Lord not only is it costly, but seeking the Lord is about understanding intimacy with the Lord. Psalm 24 verse 6 says, this is Jacob. The generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. How many of you, be honest, know your Amazon driver by name? Okay. Some of y'all. I, told, I, I know that when I, I was going to say, none of y'all know your Amazon driver. I know somebody's going to walk up to me and say, I do. So I do. Anyway, but here's the truth. If you have an Amazon driver that drops things at your house, we have, we have people that drop things at our house. By the way, all the women are fixing to get really upset with me, okay? I'm going to let you in a little secret. If you go to the post office online, you can request that all your mail get scanned, and you can find out that morning what is supposed to be delivered to your house. So I know if a package is coming before my wife even does. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's true, but I don't even know what's in the package. But you do get this little email every morning. I don't know how I signed up for it. <clears throat> I get this email everything. But here's the thing. Here's the truth. I have an Amazon driver that drops things off. And he probably knows my house. But I don't know him or her. I don't know their name. I just know what I get from them. And here's the problem. There's a lot of people that don't know much about Jesus. All they want is something from him. They, they want what they can get out of it. And they're seeking not the face of God. They're seeking the hands of God. Now, I've heard people preach against this and kind of mock people that do this. But the truth is we all have times in our life we need things from the hand of God. There was a time every day I needed, but there was a time that I was lost and I needed the grace and the mercy of God to redeem me and change me. And I needed that. And there are times still to this day I go to God and I say, God, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. And he gives me things like a good father. And we need that. But here's the thing I want to teach you this morning and help you with. I believe God wants us to graduate from just needing things from him to knowing him in a deeper and a more intimate level. God wants you not just to seek what he can do, but he wants you to go after who he is. He wants a greater relationship with you. And here's what the Bible says. This is the generation of Jacob that seeks his 
face. The face is more intimate than the hands. Once again, I can know my Amazon driver gives me something, but I don't know anything about them. And if we're not careful, we know what God can do, but we don't know him. And I believe what God wants to do is get you to know him in greater ways. I have a very sarcastic sense of humor. I don't apologize for it. It's just who I am. And that, that, that sarcastic humor doesn't always come across through text messages and email. Okay? And I can't tell sometimes if people are mad at me or they're, they know I'm joking. And so I say just joking so much, my three-year-old now says something funny and says just joking. Because I say that so much that now he's starting to say just joking or just kidding because he is like his daddy in that way. Here's the thing. But whenever, and I'm kind of old school, like I like text messages for some things, it helps. But there's some things I want to hear a person's voice. I want to know what they're saying and how they're saying it. I want to know what's going on. Don't just text me. I want to actually hear that voice. Because why? And then if you can talk to somebody face to face, it's even greater. Because face to face, you get the expressions. You know them in a different way when you see them face to face. The Bible says God spoke to Moses as one man speaks to a friend face to face. And I believe what God wants us to graduate is not just needing things from him. Nothing wrong with that because God loves to give us things. But listen to me. When it becomes all about a transaction with God, what you can do for me, then it's not about seeking him and God wants you to get to the place where you just want to spend time with him it's not about what he can do you ever had a friend that every time they were around you all they wanted was something from you and you knew if they called they wanted something but I want us to graduate to the place where I don't go talk to God just because I need something I spend time with God because I love him he is the lover of my soul I want to know him in greater ways I want to know him in deeper ways and I graduate to the place where it's not just a transaction, but it's about understanding. I see him face to face. The Bible says that this is the generation of Jacob. Now, this is the reason I love the Bible, because Jacob wrestled with God. I've told you this before. Miss Julie's husband is, was the announcer. They pastor Passion Church in, in, in Bethany, Oklahoma City area. And uh, Steve was the announcer for the basketball team when we were there. And I was the manager. So, after they would announce all the players, they would announce the coaches, and then at the home games, they would say, and now serving high-quality H2O, Justin, the water boy, Blankenship. And I, I got two rings to prove it, and I would do my best Ric Flair impersonation. I would go like this, and woo to the audience, okay, because that was my dude, okay. And I can do a figure four leg lock to this day, okay? You don't believe me? You just lay down. I'll be doing it right now, okay? That's my kind of wrestling. Saturday morning, WCW, I, that was my kind of wrestling. But this is not the kind of wrestling that Jacob did, okay? Jacob wasn't trying to take the angel and throw him against the ropes and suplex him. It was literally this idea that they're grappling together. And that kind of wrestling is different. It's not about the show. It's about the real thing. And the wrestling is this. When they grapple together, they come in close contact. Many times even your face is touching the other person. You're coming in so clutch, close contact. And Jacob wrestled with the angel of God. And he said, I will not let go until you bless me. I will not let go until I get out of this what I 
I know you can give me. And listen, I believe God is wanting us to seek him in a way that is intimate, that is face-to-face. That says, God, I'm going to grapple with things. I'm going to grapple what I'm going through, but I'm grappling with you. And I will not let go until I know you in greater ways. I will not let go until I get a breakthrough. I will not let go until everything that I need, that I feel like, listen, when I was growing up, we called it praying through. It was praying to a place where you got up and you knew that things might not have changed out there, but something changed in here, that things changed in my life and in my heart. And I'm going to, and listen, God is getting us to the place where it's not about what he can do. Because here's what the Bible says, Job, after everything happens to him, he loses all of this. And he has every opportunity to curse God and say, I'm done with this. His wife even wanted him to. I think he wanted to curse her, but he didn't do that. But anyway, his own wife said, curse God. And, And Job said, I won't do it. But here's the thing. Job said this, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's deep intimacy. Even though I don't get everything that I want, I'm still not going to leave. It is the three Hebrew boys saying, even if God doesn't come through like we know he's going to, we're still not going to bow. You can't get to us because we know God. We, and it's Paul saying, for I know whom I have believed in, and he is able. And listen, it is coming to a place where you understand in your heart and in your life that even if God doesn't do the things I want him to do, he's still good, he is still mighty, and I'm going to serve him no matter what and I'm going to run after him and I'm going to seek after him even though it doesn't happen just like I want it to I still want to know him in greater ways and God is wanting us to seek him in a way that gets to a place of intimacy where once again he loves to do things but it's not about what he can do it's about who he is and when I get to that place where now I just love to spend time with him because of who he is in my life It changes the way I interact. It changes the way I pray. It changes the way that I read my Bible. It changes everything about my life because I realize. And here's the awesome thing with that. I believe with that comes all the other things. Because the truth is this. God wants to set you free. God wants you to be free more than you want to be free. God wants to bless you and he wants to minister to you and he wants to make a difference. But when you only seek those things, then you don't know him. But when you begin to seek the right things, it changes everything. And the Bible says the word generation. This is is powerful. Okay, I want you to hear this this morning. This is a generation that seeks your face. When I think of generation, I think of a time frame of, of, of people. So you're part of generation, a boomer generation, or generation X, or a millennial, or generation Z. And you kind of have which generation you belong to. And I think, okay, God, so are you saying that you want a generation, a time frame of people that seek your face? And I believe that's true. What is happening right now in, our, in America, where over 30 college campuses, by the way, on April 29th, there's going to be a fill the stadium in OU, which we're going to try to fill that thing up with as many people can show up that night. And we're believing for God to move in our, in our generation. And he already is. Amen. I say we, not just Landmark Church. I mean a lot of people. 80-something thousand. So anyway, but here's the thing. I believe what we're seeing happen in the last few weeks 
is God pouring out his spirit on a generation. The reason I love one voice to be leading us is because these, these are young people that are leading us into God's presence. Because I believe this, every generation needs to have their own experience with God. The Bible says this, there arose a generation that did not know God in the book of Joshua. There was a generation, Joshua and Judges, there was a generation that rose up that did not know God and they served the other gods. They turned their back on God because they did not know him. And listen, I believe God wants to come to every single generation and he wants to visit them because I believe this, when you're ever touched by God, you will never be the same again. If you ever experience God in that way, you will the rest of your life, you will run after him trying to say I want that I want a greater thing but I also believe that generation means something different if one voice will join me up here right now here's the other thing for generation this is in the Hebrew the word for generation not only does it mean a time frame of people but the word for generation in the Hebrew literally means a dwelling place a dwelling place so if you put that scripture back up there Gavin if you don't mind look at this scripture think about this Psalm 24 this is Jacob, the dwelling place of those who seek him. This is Jacob, the dwelling place. And I believe what God is saying is this, that what God is telling us now is this, that it's not about just a group of people. It's not about an age thing. I'm so glad. I, I used to be, 15 years ago when I became the pastor, I was the young guy. Well, guess what? I'm not the young guy anymore, okay? When it comes to technology, when it comes to all that stuff, I'm not the young guy anymore that I once was. But you know what? I don't want God to pass my generation by. I don't want God to pass me by. God, if you're going to pour it out on the younger folks, I'll get down there with them because I want to experience the same thing they're experiencing. I'm not going to let them get on. Get one, I'm, listen, I'm going to go enjoy it too because I want his presence like everybody else. But I believe what God is saying is not only will he pour it out on a generation of people, but I believe what God is saying is this. I want to be a dwelling place for those that seek me. Here's the problem with a lot of churches, and I don't say this to ridicule anybody. There's a lot of churches, they come in and they sing about Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We're so glad. We can spend time with you. And you know what Jesus is doing? He's outside knocking on the door. The Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I can hear Jesus saying, y'all are singing about me in there, but uh, it'd be nice if you let me in the door. You're talking about me. Have you ever shown up somewhere where you weren't wanted? You ever shown up somewhere and you realized people there just didn't really want you there? You felt it. And you left feeling that way. But have you ever shown up? We went to on a cruise a few weeks ago. And man, as you walk in the door, they say, the Blankenship family. Now listen, it did help that I paid for that. That helped. But you know, the other thing is, they made me feel like they wanted me to be there. I mean, I walk in because they're screaming the Blankenship family. Woo! I mean, I don't know these people from Adam. I don't know who they are, but they're excited, so I'm excited. Because you know what? They wanted me to be there. And you know what? It changes things when the church wants Jesus not to be outside the door, but to say, come on in. you got a seat right down here. This is all about you. you got a seat at the table. Jesus, we, you're at the head of the table. This is all about you. And when we show up and we begin to make it about him, we're not just singing about him. We're not just talking about about him and he's out there somewhere we are hosting the king of glory this is a dwelling place for the presence of God and God is looking for a generation of people that will be a dwelling place for his presence and when he shows up man it changes everything 
the beginning of his ministry, I love this. The Bible says, when they're about to lower the man down from the roof, the Bible says, and it was heard that Jesus was in the house. It was heard that he was in the house. And listen to me, when he's in the house, I've been in church service where he wasn't in the house. I know his omnipresence, I get all that. I'm not trying to be theologically wrong, but I can just tell you, I've been in church services where he was not in the house. And I've been there when his manifest presence showed up and he was in the house. And when he's in the house, everything is different. And listen to me, we at Landmark Church want to be a resting place for the glory of God. We want to be a resting place for his presence. We want to be a a generation, a dwelling place for those that seek Him, for those that say, you know what, I'm glad for what I've experienced, but I'm not satisfied. I'm glad for what God's done, but I want more. I'm not satisfied where I'm at. I want to go deeper in Him. I want to know Him in greater ways. I want to experience the power and the presence of God more than I ever have before. And I believe as we seek after Him, I believe this, that as we seek Him, we're going to find Him because we're seeking Him with every everything that we've got. Amen. Would you stand to you? Hey, everybody. Thank you so much. We are so honored that you chose to join us today for this message. And our prayer is for you and your family that you would be uplifted and encouraged. If today you receive Christ or if you would like to give to the vision of Landmark Church, if you would go to our website, www.landmarkchurchok.com, there's more information there, how you can do all of that. And also, if you have a prayer request, please let us know how we can be praying for you guys. We love you and hope you have a blessed time.